1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is the Sacramento Bee's Chris Biederman, and we are sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Go visit the brewery in Santa Rosa or order your beer online at cooperagebrewing.com. Must be 21 or older and in the state of California to order online. The 49ers got blown out at home by the Chiefs. Let's talk about it. That was bad. And I think what made it worse was even when it was close, it felt like it was trending toward the Chiefs winning that game by multiple scores. And I think that became evident early on when the 49ers started exchanging field goal attempts for touchdowns. And... The biggest takeaway for me is that the 49ers aren't as close to that level as I thought they were. I was expecting
0: a much better defensive performance than the one we saw on on Sunday. So for me, this is the most damning loss of the season because I think you can look at the other ones and not that you're like making excuses or, or trying to justify losses because a loss is a loss and and like there's, you know, winning right. teams don't make excuses for losses, right. but you okay. There's a monsoon in the Bears game. Okay, it's early in the season. Jimmy Garoppolo's just getting back into the mix after missing training camp in Denver um, in a tough road environment. Okay, Atlanta, the second game of the long East Coast trip. You're missing a lot of your top guys, including Nick Bosa and Trent Williams. Like you, not I'm not trying to make excuses, but when you're looking for reasons why they lost, you can say, okay, you know that I'm I'm not really judging any. I'm not I'm not coming away with any big picture takeaways about the 49ers based on these losses. Well, this against the Chiefs and how it happened is one of those losses. Where you do develop a lot of big picture takeaways because mm-hmm. they had all their guys for the most part, right? Like they had they had a substantial amount of their key players back. They had Nick Bosa, they had Trent Williams. Charvarius Ward was very clearly not a hundred percent, but he was back. Um, you know, you add Christian McCaffrey, who obviously is not well versed in the offense after being there for just a couple days, but that should be like a bonus. That's like you know getting a, sure. an infusion of playmaking maybe just an energy shift in the building with adding like a big big time type player like that um and you would think that all right if the 49ers are the contending team that we thought they were they would come out and play well against the chiefs particularly on defense and to me that's that's the most damning part like it was very clear aside from the interception on the chiefs first possession the Niners were not slow. That were, were not consistently slowing down the Chiefs or having any answers for what they were doing offensively, which meant the field goal, the field goals that they were kicking, were not going to be enough to win the game. And yeah, um, so as time went on, even going into halftime, all right, the Chiefs miss a field goal. The Niners dodge a bullet there, and then the very first possession coming out of the break, the Chiefs go right down and score a touchdown. Nine play, eighty five or sorry, where do they, <laughs> they only had to go 33 yards because of penalties in that long kickoff return to open the second half for that opening right. touchdown, And then right. they get the ball back. They go nine plays, 85 yards, um, after the 49ers kick a field goal. And it's like, okay, this is, this is, has potential to be a boat race. And then it just turned into a boat race. The, mm-hmm. the chiefs Possessions in the second half went touchdown, 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 punt, end of game. <laughs> like it <laughs> and was came
1: with Chad a at quarterback.
0: Yeah, the punt came when the game was already mm-hmm. over in garbage time with what 339 left or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, this is this was Kyle Shanahan getting wholly out coached. This was mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan's not having any answers for what Andy Reid was throwing at him. And one thing that I thought was interesting after the game, Nick Bosa mentioned that, you know, that they were doing a lot of things the 49ers defense wasn't prepared for. And I asked him to double like what specifically since he mentioned it. And then he just said they did a lot of things that I need to be better prepared for. And there was a lot of running at Nick Bosa. Um, and a lot of, you know, just do like blocking him in a bunch of different ways where he can't just pin his ears back and go get the quarterback consistently right. or, you know, just line up and, and hold the edge and play the run really well Is a lot of chips, a lot of like just blocking him with different people and, and forcing him to keep his head on a swivel and stuff like that. It was a masterclass from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. There's no doubt about that. Yep. But the, my big takeaway is like, OK, there's the Chiefs obvious super bowl contending team like a team unquestionably in my head one of the top 3 in the NFL Yep. the 49ers are nowhere near that level because of what just happened on sunday now big picture do i think they can still get to that level yeah i do because we we saw it last year but right now like instead of coming out of these games like for me like the losses in chicago and denver and atlanta Like this to me is much more alarming and you can say, okay, it's on a better team. Well, this is the team. This is the type of team that the 49ers measure themselves against. Right. Right. And there are no, there are no extenuating circumstances in this game. And I don't even want to hear about the, you know, the long trip and coming back. I know they're one in four now coming back off those long East coast trips where they stay out there for an extra week. But like, that's ultimately a Kyle Shanahan thing too. And we mm-hmm. can talk about Shanahan, but my other big takeaway, aside from the 49ers right now, very clearly not being in that contending um tier, is that Kyle Shanahan's having a bad season. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen I, I've been sort of on the fence of like, well, the circumstances are what they are. Like, no, this is Kyle Shanahan having this a bad, bad. season. Yep. Because look, we consider Andy Reid one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league, right? Sure. I have long considered Kyle Shanahan a guy who's probably in like the top five of coaches that I would want running my team slash running my offense play callers. Like, you know, the reasons are the fact that everybody's trying to run his offense. Um, he ha- has typically gotten a lot out of a little, but it hasn't been a good season for him. It just hasn't. And I don't know if it's if it's you know who Kyle Shanahan is or if and if like what he did in 2019 is completely gone but and you know how much credit does Mike McDaniel deserve because he's he's been a stalwart on Kyle Shanahan's staff and a super valuable member of the staff and now he's gone and now now the team's not not doing as well but look it was Andy Reid in full-on master class I'm one of the best coaches in the nfl i have one of the best quarterbacks any of us have ever seen and we are humming and we are going Mm -hmm. on the road and kicking this team's ass the niners got their asses kicked today and we Mm -hmm. thought the defense is elite the defense is uh you know potentially historic based on how the first few weeks went Mm -hmm. and the chiefs just went and kept scoring touchdowns kept scoring touchdowns kept Mm -hmm. scoring touchdowns and made the 49ers guys like look like their heads were spinning. We had not seen the 49ers defense blow coverages like this. And I know I'm running through a lot and just kind of ranting, but like it was it was a full-on dismantling. The defense had no answers. I think if these teams played again, it would obviously look very different because their adjustments would be made. Would it? But the Chiefs <laughs> I think it would because the the, the NFL is a, is a league of adjustments. Sure. Everybody's just making adjustments all the time. That's not sure. to say I would pick the 49ers against the Chiefs anytime soon based on what we've seen. But it was, I think it was more like it was a schematic ass kicking and like, just an overall asking. I'm not, not that, you know, that I'm trying to absolve the players from playing poorly because they obviously did. Right. But to me, the bigger concern is the Chiefs putting up 529 yards, Patrick Mahomes throwing for 423 yards, and this defense that we thought was elite having zero answers.
1: They had one tackle for loss and it was Nick Bosa's sack of Patrick Mahomes to set up a third and long that wound up going for a 57-yard completion to Marquez Valdez-Stantling after the 49ers had cut the, the Chiefs lead to five. They only faced, when Patrick Mahomes is in the game, they only faced eight third downs and they converted six of them. They were four of five in the red zone. They ran 14 fewer plays than the 49ers and outgained them by 85 yards. They averaged 9.1 yards of play. Patrick Mahomes, I looked this up, he had 12.4 yards per attempt, which is the most ever against the 49ers by a quarterback with 30-plus attempts. And the only other time that a quarterback's gone over 12 was Jim Kelly in 1992. Like, they got thrashed. And I get that... the the discourse can sometimes go toward the quarterback and the bigger picture today with the quarterback is is not is not Jimmy Garoppolo specifically it's just like oh the chasm between Patrick Mahomes and virtually everybody else is super wide and that's that's kind of as far as I, like the offense was fine for the most part today but then With you get the, the red exception and not get, finishing get drives, red, right? Get the red zone interception after, after the muff punt, um, the, the safety granted that was super late and then the fumble late, it was just the, the thing that stood out to me was what you said about Domingo Ryan's not having any answers because that's always been the case, right? we've seen how many times have we seen the four, whether it's D'Amico Ryan's or Robert Sala, how many times did we see a team go down and score? And then the faucet just gets shut off. Talk about the Rams game in LA in 2019. Remember they ran it like seven times and went down and scored. And that was it. That was, that was all they got that entire game. There was green Bay green Bay goes down and scores in the playoff game last year and then doesn't score again. Um, that just wasn't there today. And I don't know if it was personnel related. I don't know if it was a lack of preparation, but to your point about Kyle Shanahan, this is now the thing I've always given him is, Hey, they are always ready to play. Even in the years that 2017 season's over, they win five in a row to end the year. And they played hard. 2018 Garoppolo gets hurt. They went four and 12, but they played hard all the way through. Same thing in 2020. That season was a disaster, but they were still, in playoff contention through like week 15. But this is back to back weeks now where they have looked unprepared to play just straight up. And I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I was with you. I gave him benefit of the doubt in, in Atlanta. A defensive line is a bunch of backups got pushed around a little bit. That happens today. That excuse is not there. They got punked. And yeah, you got to execute, but that also comes down to the coaching staff. And that looked like a team that was not ready to play football.
0: Andy Reid ran circles around D'Amico Ryan today. Yeah. I don't think there's any, there's any doubt about that. And, you know, for a team that's built on defense and the running game, like it just can't, it can't allow 44 points. Like the Niners are not a team that's built to win a game that has to be scored in the 40s.
1: 44 points and not even, like, any weird... There was the one long kick return to open the second half, which is a whole other can of worms. Their special team stinks again.
0: Yeah, the special teams are are horrific.
1: It's really bad. But it wasn't like, oh, 44, but there was a pick six... And then there was a a fumble inside the Niners' own red zone, right? Like a
0: couple late touchdowns in garbage time, or yeah, it was it was no. The Chiefs just the Niners just cannot stop the Chiefs' offense.
1: Yeah, and and that's where like this is not an offense you can ask to score forty plus. And maybe they get there. Maybe Christian McCaffrey gets fully integrated, and it's like, holy crap, this is crazy but this is not an offense. It's going to go reliably score 40 plus. Like that's just not the kind of game you can play. Now are the chiefs? They're going to be the the toughest game for them probably the rest of the year. Yeah, I'd think so. But probably, but, but when you're talking big picture, like where are the 49ers in the NFL hierarchy? So they are a notch lower than I thought they were, or they are a tier lower than I thought they were.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the th- the thing that stands out to me about the Kyle Shanahan era, and I think a lot about this in regards to like the 2019 team too, like in 2019, they lost three games. They were all basically like last second losses. Right. That team never got its ass kicked. Right. And even when the 49ers were bad, it, it never really felt like, to your point, like, and, and I don't, you know, the energy stuff, like whether they showed up to play, Like, I'm with you on that to a certain extent, but also, like, I just haven't seen the 49ers schematically look like circles were running around or getting run around them. You know, like, it, it always, and they're not a team that's gotten blown out much under Kyle Shanahan. And when they have, it's been more of like, well, the special teams were bad. Jimmy Garoppolo threw a couple picks. There were injuries, blah, blah, blah. This wasn't really one of those games. It was just, no, the Chiefs are head and shoulders above this team right now. Um, So, you know, what was it? And there's also an element, if we're being completely fair here too, there's also an element of like, all right, maybe the Chiefs are just going to be that team that doesn't lose again in the regular season, (laughs) right? Like they lost the Buffalo game. They're on a mission. We know they're good enough to win a championship potentially. Like maybe that's just who they are and they're a buzzsaw this week. Maybe that like in in six weeks from now, maybe that's how we remember this game. But for right now, given what we've seen from this team, there's there's no, you know, I, I cannot give the 49ers or Kyle Shanahan the benefit of the doubt that like, no, this team, this roster is good enough. Um, they, you know, the coach is good enough. They, once they get everything together and they get humming, they're going to be a contender again because they had an opportunity to prove that today because they yeah. had all their players. It was a home game. You added Christian McCaffrey, like this, this could have been one of those like get right buzzsaw games for the 49ers that we've seen against the Rams after they've struggled the last couple of years. And oddly enough, they have the Rams next week, by the way.
1: Right, of course.
0: But it was, no, the, none of that mattered. The Chiefs were very clearly the better football team. And again, this this one changes the way I feel about the team more than any of their losses that they've had to this point.
1: Yeah, same. And I didn't think necessarily they would win, but I thought it would be a lot closer. Like twenty three is about the range I I thought the Niners would score, but I would would have said like oh maybe the Chiefs win twenty seven twenty three and the Niners get a couple stops, but that just wasn't that just wasn't a thing. And what made it worse is they were up ten nothing. Yeah, like they they went up ten nothing, and then Kansas City went on a forty four to thirteen run, and the Niners just never just never really had an answer like even when they even when they scored early in the fourth quarter on the touchdown pass to Kittle that cut it to five right 28 23 yes so that cuts it to five and it's like okay now come up with the your first stop of the game and now things get interesting and they open that with a I think they got a sack from Nick Bosa on first down and then a, a short run, and it was like third and eleven, and it's like great, this is the spot this defense wants to be in, and then Marcus Valdez-Scantling torches Trevarius Ward, and that it felt over at that point.
0: Yeah, and you know the big thing, like hearing but Kyle like Shanahan early fourth quarter. Yeah, hearing Kyle Shanahan talk after the Falcons game last week, one of the things that stood out that he said was. The biggest play of the game was the long third down run that Marcus Mariota scrambled for, and that led to a touchdown. Um, It was a third down that the 49ers defense just kind of blew, right? And then it it ended up being a big play in the game. It pushed, I think, I forget the the exact um, details of that play, but I bring it up because four of, I'm looking at the biggest plays of the game. Four of the Chiefs' biggest plays came on third down. Third Jeez. and third and one in the first quarter, the twenty-seven yard pass to Travis Kelsey leaked outside, wide ass open, right? Like Andy Reid yeah. schemes, Travis Kelsey wide ass open. So, We're not seeing Kyle Shanahan scheme guys wide ass open like that, well, like he that, used to.
1: And that's one of those plays that, like, that happened early in the game. And I even wrote in my in my notes, I was like, they're not going to lose Kelsey like that again, right? Like they're yeah. just that. Because that's not something this defense usually does.
0: No, they adjust. You can get them once, but usually they have an adjustment for it. Right. Jarek McKinnon, a 34-yard screen pass. On a third and 20. On a third and 20. Um, on third and six in the fourth quarter, Mahomes finds Juju Smith-Schuster for a 45-yard touchdown, a complete coverage bus. Um, third and 11, you mentioned the 57-yard play with Charvarius Ward looking very much hampered by the groin injury, um, which he's playing through, which surprised everybody i think (laughs) nobody was expecting him to play and then he plays and it's like oh he doesn't look that great he probably shouldn't be out there go figure the niners would risk a hurt guy by playing him but whatever um we don't need to have that discussion again but no this was this was to me can i can i go can i pull back all the way and get as big picture as I can on Kyle Shanahan because I think this is a good time to to have this conversation
1: yeah can I plug one thing in here real quick yeah do it just to kind of put a put a cap on the the very specifics of this game the perfect summation of this game was this isn't gonna this isn't gonna play but I'm hoping that you can help me out and vouching for me okay in the press box today, I don't know if this is because we're credentialed media members, by the way, and um, I hope you all take us very seriously. Uh, <laughs> that's a Twitter thing. If you aren't on Twitter, it's not going to hit. We're joking. Anyways, um, are we in the, uh, in the press box? Have they always piped in the field noises like that? Yes. Because I don't remember that at all. Like you could hear the players talking and you yeah, can hear they... like. When a kicker was kicking a field goal, you could hear the thunk of the ball.
0: It vacillates, um, but sometimes it's louder than other times. Usually, what was weird today is usually they pipe the um, the referee into the press box. What we can do the ref today, but no, there you can usually hear. Otherwise, it would be dead quiet in there, and it's super weird.
1: So, well, not at the end of the press box I sit on, but that's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So the thunk. That the ball made when Chris Jones slapped it out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hand for the last turnover of the game <laughs> was the perfect summation of just the game as a whole. Garoppolo's back there, puck collapses, and then like that's just, <laughs> that's all you heard,
0: and no one really reacted. It was like, oh, it shit. was
1: like, of course, yeah, of course. I that's- laughed. I literally laughed out loud. Yeah, because that's like, okay, like, sure. Like, why not? But anyways, that that ball thud was Mm -hmm. just the perfect, like, cherry on top of a shit Sunday. Yeah. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life. Like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Niles jewelry experts are available
0: 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So, okay. Can I go big big picture yeah, on big, Kyle Shannon? Zoom up. out. Okay. So, I think, look. It's really the, like the easiest thing in the world. And you can do this with Bill Belichick. Like the easiest thing in the world is to second guess a thing every coach does every week and to second guess every roster decision and all of that stuff. Like, that's fine. Right. We do that. We have a podcast. Um, but to me, like we can like I, I generally think Kyle Shanahan in terms of the roster they've built, the scheme they run, the players they have, like the, the you know, the, the organizational stability that they seem to have. Um, is all pretty positive and I still think Kyle Shanahan is probably in the top 10 coaches in the league that I would want but um, I'm less inclined to nitpick the play calling and like this is what how he should be using guys and all that like I have my ideas and I've we mentioned we talk about all the time in this podcast to me the biggest indictment of Kyle Shanahan and the reason why I bring it up today is because Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline like when the four, when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were hired, and this kind of ties into Christian McCaffrey also, because this this was a topic in the 2017 drafts, like taking over and being like, we're going to build out the defense, and then we're going to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency, and ignore the quarterback position in the first year of our tenure, essentially by rolling with Brian Hoyer and CJ Beathard, because we want to build it out. A fine plan a fine plan Patrick Mahomes is now kicking your ass <laughs> like in the super bowl in the regular season in a game that really sort of defines your year to this point while you are struggling to figure out your quarterback situation to me the biggest the the, the easiest and most accurate way to Critique Kyle Shanahan's tenure is to look at the quarterback position. And yeah, sure, build out your defense. That makes plenty of sense. It almost worked in 2019. Trade for Gim- Jimmy Garoppolo. It came out of nowhere. It looked like it was awesome for five weeks. You signed him with a contract. I get it. I endorse it at the time. Don't go, but don't go after Tom Brady. Well, that clearly was not the not the right decision, right? Sign Jimmy Garoppolo to the contract and ignore the chance at potentially drafting josh allen the next spring and that's hindsight easy easy to critique that right now Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but the 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 quarterback situation the the not having trey lance available is a huge knock on kyle shanahan in my opinion because trey lance was never somebody who should have been running the ball 15 times a game and Mm -hmm. if he was he shouldn't have been starting and having a a training camp scenario where the guy who ends up being your quarterback for the season and Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting any practice reps in training camp. Like if you are so, you know, like work it out, (laughs) like (laughs) give Jimmy Garoppolo some burn, have a quarterback competition. If you do not want Jim, if you do not want Trey Lance to lose a quarterback competition to Jimmy Garoppolo, then Trey Lance is not your guy. And that's one thing. That I keep thinking about, like, I'm very optimistic about Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan clearly doesn't trust him. And I think Kyle Shanahan, in his mind, believes that, man, if I'm pitting Jim- Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance against each other in a training camp quarterback battle, Trey Lance might lose. And that's why Jimmy Garoppolo is not getting practice reps. Point being here, and like, the the point here for me is that is it's just hasn't been a good situation. And maybe this is completely different if Trey Lance doesn't break his ankle. Obviously Mm -hmm. it's a completely different situation, but to me, like injuries are bad luck, but it was also very clear in Trey Lance's first start in Arizona in 2021 that you should not centralize your Trey Lance's running game should not be the central portion of your offense. Like you need, you can have that as sort of a weapon, but not to think now Trey Lance is hurt and now you're in this quarterback situation where. You're playing a guy you you already told the entire world you can't win with and you don't believe in. And at some point, like how pumped is the roster, the entire roster, the entire locker room, the defense to be like, well, we have Jimmy, we're kind of limited. Like They know it because Kyle Shanahan tried to replace him. And they've been to key moments in the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo and he hasn't come through. And now they're in a position where they have to try to push with Jimmy Garoppolo again. And maybe the same energy isn't going to be there from the rest of the roster because they're like, man, you guys already moved on from him. You cannot convince us that you really believe in this guy because you drafted his replacement and we're planning on trading him until the last week of August. Right. So like to me, just zooming out big picture, we can talk about game planning and play calling and the tempo in, you know, fourth quarter offensive possessions and not going no huddle. The biggest the biggest thing you can critique Kyle Shanahan on is just his overall handling of the quarterback situation. And I don't know that it's going to get clear anytime soon. And today, the big thought that our favorite cast member, Nick and I had in the press box, we both came up like we both thought this independently and both told Josh Dubow, who was sitting next to us at different points in the day. Like AP's Josh Dubow. AP's Josh Dubow, listener of the podcast. Um, Shouts to him. Nick and I are both like Tom Brady's going to be on, on the 49ers next year, isn't he? Like, like <laughs> isn't that where this feels like it's going like Tom Brady, having a terrible day in Carolina, his like life's like, who knows he's pissed off at everything. Uh, he like, if he's getting divorced, I I assume he would want to play again next year. Like, doesn't it feel like it's going to be all right, Tom Brady's a starter and we'll see how Trey Lance develops behind him. And maybe Trey Lance will be the backup. If anything were to happen to Tom, that's get push. That's like, you know way down the road that's super funny but that's what given all the weird shit that's happened with Kyle Shanahan in the quarterback position since he became head coach that makes me feel like where it's headed and that just big picture with Patrick Mahomes who Kyle Shanahan ignored in the draft process kicks his ass again after what already happened in the Super Bowl while you're struggling with Jimmy Garoppolo to you know win games like that to me is is really where you can indict Kyle Shanahan rant over I'm sorry for for going on so we'll okay. Well, on.
1: hey, no, that's fine. Um, and that's a good segue into the take I've been developing.
0: I told good, you about it. it. Today.
1: I don't think Kyle Shanahan can coach good players.
0: Yeah, I disagree with that. But uh, let's hear it. Here's here's here,
1: and this is. I I think I'm wording that wrong. Like I'm I'm wording it in an extreme way, but I think that there is something of an issue. And I think this has more to do with Trey Lance than it does with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I feel like he's not very good at just letting dudes be dudes. Like, hey, uh, I'm just going to pick Ty Davis Price. Ty Davis Price might be really good, but oh, he lined up wrong in that spot in practice. And oh, he doesn't always hit that hole. he's super talented. And he might pick up yards, but he might not pick up yards the way I think they should be picked up. So he's a healthy scratch today. Like, there's th- like, there's no way. Well, he wasn't today, but your point no. just in general, like as yeah, an example. Th- yeah, right. Well, and the reason that like Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse last year or wasn't in the doghouse, but like. um,
0: And Ambry or- Thomas and Or Orlador couldn't get on the field.
1: Right, and Danny Gray, for example, like you're telling me that Danny Gray, all he can do right now is run in a straight line fast? Like, no chance. No way. There's got to be some creative way. Look at all the different freaking ways Andy Reid got Mikkel Hardman the ball today. Yeah, He said, hey, Mikko Hardman's the fastest dude on the field. We're going to get him the goddamn ball. And it worked. He's Three freaking touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown on a Uh (laughs) (laughs) pop-ass.
0: So I'm sitting next to Josh and Josh, Because Josh knows exactly how I feel about pop passes and Mm -hmm. he and he agrees with me, but he was like, Man, what a great throw by Mahomes there. (laughs) And then I'm like, Yep, yep, 12 yards of yak. 12 12 yards of yak for Hardman. Is he a yak, bro? Is Hardman a anyway? I don't want to get in the pop pass thing, but yeah.
1: (laughs) No, but it's like just the creativity from Andy Reid. Like, they ran that like double jet motion thing. And went play action on it the first time, and then ran on it the second time. Like, and that's just by having dudes. And I think that that is one of Kyle Shanahan's shortcomings. Is like he's so laser focused on like this is exactly how this play should go that if you don't run it the exact way he thinks that it should be run, even if it's a you pick up positive yards, like no 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 no." that's that's my worry with Trey Lance is. Is a if they're going to run him fifteen times a game, but b are they going to stunt that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers kind of improv? I'm not saying he's those quarterbacks, but they're really good at improvisation, right? Like pocket broke down, let's roll out, let's point a receiver this way, and let's get it. Let's let's turn this into a big game. Is that something that that they're going to try and coach out of Lance because no, there should be a player open here or there's going to be a guy open here. You need to throw that. That's something that I, maybe it doesn't so much apply to this game Sunday, but it's something I've been thinking about for a while. And the more this team plays and the more just Danny Gray was a healthy scratch. And again, not Sunday,
0: but, I don't know. So I agree with you. I agree with your take and I'll add to it because like, and this can go back to the Mac Jones discussion or even further back, like the Kirk, the Kirk cousins discussion. One thing you hear from smart people in the NFL about Kyle Shannon, or one thing you've heard for a long time, and this is a main reason why so many people assumed and, and even reported, including myself that the 49ers were probably going to draft Mac Jones Kyle Shanahan wants somebody to just run his offense. Like mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan has, has believed and and maybe that's changed with in, you know, to a certain extent with his decision to go and, and make the move for Trey Lance. But until that point, it was everything you heard about Kyle Shanahan was he wants somebody to run his offense. If somebody can just run his offense, his offense has answers for everything If he just finds someone who runs runs his offense, he can exploit matchups, and that's good enough to win Super Bowls. And that's why Kyle Shanahan thought that he could potentially win Super Bowls, even with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. And Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback, but there's no like one thing that Kirk Cousins aim higher. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones and even Jimmy Garoppolo really struggle to do, or it's just not part of their skill set is improvise. Right. And like, that's really like, I, I think one one area to your point where Kyle Shanahan has really aired is that there isn't an answer for everything. And sometimes schematically, like you're not going to out scheme everybody in any given play. And you can't right. expect perfection from your players in every single play. There are going to be plays that just break down for, you know, butterfly effect, like whatever. There's all sorts of different things that happen, right. why plays work and why they don't. You're trying to thread too, a needle in too small of a hole if you don't allow any of your players to just go out and make plays. And I, it's, yes. it's very common among the best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes in particular, that like that guy, things can break down. He can make a defender miss, avoid a sack, and still go get a 40-yard gain out of it because he's got ridiculous arm talent. And yeah, he might not be able to run your offense exactly the way you'd want it to be run based on whatever tape you did or didn't watch from Patrick Mahomes while he was at Texas Tech. But hot damn, that guy can make plays. Right. And Kyle Shanahan just is not wired in a way, or at least that we've seen, to really allow quarterbacks to just make plays. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's not like, shit it's not there on the left side like go escape to the right and see if guys can get more open that never feels like it's a part of the offense it feels like he's coaching everything to where like no ball's got to be out 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 we don't have time to to allow you to scramble around and and that's really the difference between what we see with Jimmy Garoppolo running or a, a major difference not the difference but a major difference we see with Jimmy Garoppolo running this offense versus Patrick Mahomes Versus Josh Allen, obviously, like all those dudes you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, great freelancer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Kyle Shanahan yeah. does not coach his quarterbacks to bake in a freelancing element to the offense. And obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. Who knows if Trey Lance is that guy? But that's been a major sort of flaw, I would say, in just Kyle Shanahan's offensive philosophy as a whole since he's been coach here.
1: Yeah, I I think so, but I I think to to give him and the 49ers some credit a little bit in this conversation what we saw and to kind of pull it back to Sunday a little bit. What we saw on Sunday was an example of why they are taking the gamble on Trey Lance.
0: Yeah, we see because, it every week. Every right.
1: Week. Right. Because to score 44 points with Jimmy Garoppolo or a quarterback of his ilk, I don't want this to be a personal attack on Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's your favorite quarterback, cool. But Jimmy Garoppolo or Mac Jones or or Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill or whoever, if you're going to score 44 points with that player without the benefit of a bunch of turnovers and stuff, you, although the Niners got to turn over on a short field today and wind up throwing a pick. But it's like you need to be pristine on offense every single snap. And that's just not going to happen when you have a rookie in Spencer Burford and Jake Brendel, who's played, you know, three games in the five years prior to this one. Well, also and, the penalties. Okay. Well, okay. That's okay. Let's dive in there.
0: Jeff Wilson, false start. Danny Gray, false start. Like Mike McGlinchey holding penalties. Uh, he had what, a couple of them. It's like they're, they're a buttoned up operation against a really good team. It felt like, and we we're talking about this as we we're walking out to the parking lot after the game, like it felt like in the second half, every drive was starting first and 20.
1: Yeah. And this offense is not built for that.
0: Or, yeah. Or they start on the five yard line because they have a holding on a kickoff return. Right. You know, like it, they, they shoot themselves in the foot and yeah, like players are going to talk about that. Oh, self-inflicted wounds. We shot ourselves in the foot, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how players typically talk, but players are not going to say, man, they were, they ran circles around us today. Right. You know, there are going to be a lot of stories coming out about the Niners. Oh, they shot themselves in the foot. It's like, no one's going to say, yeah, they, that they out coached us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, the, (laughs) the chiefs actually had more penalty yards than the 49ers did. But if the Niners had 10 penalties, I bet seven of them were on first and 10.
0: Yeah, maybe I'd have maybe. to go back and look. But yeah, I mean, the penalty situation was just like. And it was they,
1: disjointed and it put them behind the sticks. And like I, they, like I said, the offense, for the most part, wasn't necessarily the problem.
0: It wasn't great. It wasn't as much of a problem as the defense, but they have to finish drives in the end zone and not settle for field goals in the first yeah, half. Yeah,
1: and not and that's that's the other Shanahan related thing. One of the first things that stood out to me about Mike Singletary when when it started to set in like, "Oh, maybe Mike Singletary is just not a very good coach." <laughs> was penalty issues. And these just procedural things and Dre Bly running up the sideline and not or not Dre Bly, but Nate, well, that him too. But Nate Clements in Atlanta on a game ceiling interception running up the sideline and then having it poked out and fumbling like stupid stuff like that. Like that is coaching related.
0: That's can I mention our guy Jim Harbaugh on that too?
1: Sure. Okay. (laughs) I did not want to take shots at the 2012 team today. They were honored. (laughs) You know. Um but but I'm great recruiting trip for Harbs, by the way. His Michigan hat and everything is brilliant work. But
0: don't get bitter, get better.
1: Yeah, totally. Um it was definitely one of those things where on top of man, this this team just looks kind of unprepared today, it was also all the penalty stuff. And that's clean. You can clean that up I and mean, you shouldn't be false starting at home. That's that's crazy. Especially if I you're mean, a if skill people, guy, if you're and, a running back or receiver. travel. So I know almost every game is
0: a home game, but. <laughs> they are like, we can look at, you know, I really like. I've been I've been in chats with my friends. They're like, what can we do to fix this? You know, and I'm like, they just gotta play better. Like there there are no That's other answers li- than that. there's literally what it is. <laughs> it's not. I don't. There's no like solution. Like, oh well, wait till they cool. get healthy. Wait till, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets more comfortable in the offense after missing training camp. It's like, no, right now they just gotta play better. That's the only right. answer. There's no. There's, there's nothing else. They just have to be better than they were if they plan on contending for a Super Bowl. Even <laughs> getting to the playoffs. They're, they're not in first place in the US anymore, and they're out right. of the playoff picture if the season going to end today. And they're loaded.
1: It's not like, well, God, their cornerbacks are just terrible. Right. Like, No, their cornerbacks are good. Their defensive line's good. Their linebackers are good. Their safeties are good. They have a good receiving core. They have one of the three best tight ends in the game. They just added Christian McCaffrey. Like, dude, if you have more issues that are holding you back at this point, it's not personnel anymore. Yeah, it's not. And not to mention, if Kyle Shanahan wants to say, well, the offensive line isn't doing it right. It's like, dog, that's the offensive line. You you're the personnel guy. You rolled into the season with this. You thought this was good enough. When everybody you me pick your favorite podcast, pick your favorite beat writer, pick your favorite blog said before the season "Ah, it's offensive line is probably not good enough yeah although i think one of my hot takes is that the offensive line is going to be fine but Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but like if if that's if that's what like i said not every team every all 32 nfl teams are working around some deficiency on their roster it's just really hard to put together a fifty-three man roster where you're like rock solid at every position. Yeah, and we've t- we've talked about it on this podcast before, and you said it like if you're going to be weak at one position, like interior offensive line is probably the one that you'd you'd skim off of. So it's I it's not personnel; it's not for a lack of good players. Like they just they have to execute better. No, and, and- a lame like take, but. That's
0: what it is. Like like Kyle Shanahan needs to presents. be better. When's when's the last time we came out of a game and we we're like, man, Kyle Shanahan did some cool shit in that game?
1: Yeah, or dude, Kyle Shanahan was too aggressive. Yeah.
0: I mean, it just it I don't know, man. And maybe he's I don't know. There are all sorts of reasons not to run certain plays, but it's it doesn't look like things are trending in the right direction, but I do want to have point out the caveat, like maybe the chiefs are just, maybe the chiefs would have beat all 31 teams. You could have lined up against them this week. No, maybe, but still to, to get boat raced on your home field after what happened in Atlanta, getting your guys back to me, this is the most meaningful loss of the season, just in terms of how you evaluate this team.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I agree. But again, the good news for if you're San Francisco, you play the Rams next week, who always seem to be on the schedule when the 49ers need to bounce back. The get, the get right Rams. But again, that's a divisional road game. I don't. I don't care that you're seven and one against them. Like the Rams are even more desperate, coming off a bye. By yeah, the way, they're
0: coming off a bye.
1: Um. But then the Niners get the bye. But then it's the Chargers. They get the Cardinals, the Saints, Dolphins, Bucks, who don't look great. Seahawks commanders like there's there's winnable games down the
0: stretch here. It's not like the season's over. But no, and they're one game. I mean, you yeah, know, technically they're in eighth in the standings, but they have tiebreakers over the Rams and but, Seahawks.
1: But there's a long there is a long way to go. Right. If they do make a run. There's a long way to go before you'd feel good about them going into a game against
0: Buffalo, Kansas City. They have to beat the Rams. Yes. And you cannot
1: go to 3 and 5 again.
0: And I don't I'm sort of out on giving them the benefit of the doubt because they started 3 and 5 last year. Because, that's ridiculous.
1: That's be, uh, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, like I'm I'm out on that idea because last year it was like all right, their corners stunk. They were playing Josh Norman a lot. They were committing all sorts of pass interference penalties like You know, whatever, weird start to the season, quarterback drama, whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo misses time. You have to throw Trey Lance in there, whatever. The Niners are, as you said, they're loaded right now. They are loaded. It's a really good roster.
1: Arguably the best roster in the league.
0: Yeah. And particularly with adding Christian McCaffrey, too. Right. Who was good today, by the way? Yeah, he was good. He's good. It's going to. And that's the other thing. Like, that's going to look different. Right, like as we go, that's going to look different. I thought Jeff Wilson Jr. looked really good today.
1: Well, that was yeah. He's got a guy coming to take his job, but that was the funny (laughs) thing about McCaffrey is they didn't even do anything exotic today. Yeah, he's just better. (laughs) They just put a better player at that position.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, if they if they play Christian McCaffrey like they play Jeff Wilson that's going to be horrendous value for the trade overall. Yeah, totally. They need to put Christian McCaffrey all over the damn field. And I would argue throw to him more than run to him or give him runs. Like I I, would, I would make him as multifaceted a weapon as possible because that's the type of investment you made. And that's how you mass maximize him. If you treat Christian McCaffrey, like you treat Jeff Wilson jr. I don't think it really changes a whole lot for the 49ers. Like, yeah, he's good. But like, does it really change who you are all that much? I think what how Christian McCaffrey changes the 49ers offense for the better Mm -hmm. is if he becomes like an elite slot receiver, an elite in the screen game, which we think he can do.
1: Probably. It sounds like you're describing like Debo in the back half of last year.
0: Like. And being able to utilize those guys in a way that complements each other. To like, oh shit, defenses have so many guys you have to account for now. Like, the Debo stuff is stale because when he lines up in the backfield, it's like, oh, Debo's getting it, and teams just focus in on that, and it hasn't really worked. Like, Debo had one carry for two yards today. Right. You know, there, there wasn't any gadget stuff for Debo today. Probably because the Chiefs took it away, but like, if you're Kyle Shanahan now, you should be able to do a lot of cool shit with Christian McCaffrey. The
1: thing, the thing that's not going to happen on this podcast. Just letting you know now, at least not for me, you can do what you want to your life. But the thing I'm not going to do is if the 49ers go seven and ten. Like, oh, but wait till Christian McCaffrey's fully integrated from the off season. That's what's gonna. I guess now, no, that shit needs to work now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, anyways. It needs to work now. Um I don't have a lot to say. Pick six.
1: Cooper six pack, you mean? I'm actually drinking a candlestick chronicles right now.
0: You are. I was gonna shout that out. Let me let me pull out my notebook. I
1: have I have the picks right here. Okay, you can. Announce. You had Nick Bosa one. I took Trent Williams two. I got it. Iuke three. Kittle four. You had Jimmy Ward five. I had Fred Warner six.
0: I'm wiping out Jimmy Ward and Fred Warner. So I'm Top not. W- I make fun of. Not make fun of. I make light of film guys. I mean, like, really got to watch. Yeah. Film. I want to know really how effective it was having jimmy ward play in the slot uh because jimmy ward was a nickelback today yeah and he hadn't played nickel in years and,
1: and like Tayshaun, i
0: know Tayshawn
1: gibson looked as bad as he's looked all year
0: i mean everybody looked bad today but... yeah like i don't I, i'm just very curious to see how it looks because generally my whole thing with jimmy ward in this injury is like when jimmy ward comes back he's got to be your free safety but I understand now when you lose Emmanuel Mosley and you you know they they clearly do not trust Diamantor Lenore to play two positions at once. Like he is not Carlos Rogers in terms of being like a smart, savvy veteran who can play nickel and outside. Right, right. Like that is very much not Amador Lenore at this point in his career. So Diamantor Lenore playing outside in place of Emmanuel Mosley, I get not. Having him play two positions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but man, I feel like that game looks a lot different. But I mean, there are certain plays that look different if Jimmy Ward's your free safety instead of playing in the slot. Yeah, maybe you can do maybe a lot more torch because they were running around confused all game. It felt like yeah. I mean, you can avoid Jimmy Ward a lot more if he's matched up in the slot with somebody mm-hmm. than you can if he's playing deep free safety. Yeah if Jimmy Ward's playing deep free safety, he can cover halves of the field. Right. You know, like provide provide umbrella coverage to one half of the field, whereas if he's in the slot, he's limited in what he can do mm-hmm. in terms of how much area he can cover. And he's a primary defender instead of a secondary defender. It's a little different. So like, I wonder if you put a gun to D'Amico Ryan's head. Not that anybody should. But if you would say like, hey, if you could do that again, would you play Jimmy Ward in the slot, or would you just try it with Sam Womack and then play Ward at, at safety?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I, I don't know, but that's... that's a want to dive into the film. The All-22.
1: Ambry Thomas regressing to the point that he's apparently unplayable was a tough development for the 49ers secondary this year. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. That's weird. Who wins? I got a touchdown out of George Kittle. And it's national tight ends day. That's got to count for something. Oh, God. Hashtag national tight ends day. Did you know that he and Travis Kelsey on national tight ends day had the same amount of catches and yards?
0: Yeah, I also know Travis Kelsey's team won by 21 points. By a lot. Dude, he's (laughs) so good, by the way. That that play, that third down we mentioned where he's just running... Naked, open in the in the right flat on that third and short, just hurtling over Talano Hufanga,
1: just easy work.
0: There was one play
1: where Dre Greenlaw he was matched up on Dre Greenlaw, and Greenlaw knew the route and was on it, and
0: Kelsey still ran away from him. (laughs) He's so athletic. He's a very good athlete. He's just he's ridiculous. Um, Talano Hufanga takes a knee to the head from a tight end had a concussion last week. They bring him out of the game and then he gets diagnosed with a shoulder injury. I am not going to question anything about this because I'm not a doctor. Keep an eye on the Talanohu Funga thing is all I'm going to say. He so took- there's
1: a te- There's an in-game test, an after-game test, and then a day-after test. The day-after yes. test is where he tested... Uh, had concussion symptoms this last time
0: yes he came out of the game to get checked for a concussion in atlanta and then was allowed back in the game and then reported symptoms the next day and cleared concussion protocol throughout the week took a knee to the head on that play and was diagnosed with a shoulder injury now like keep in mind this is not
1: Ben Peterson and the 49ers training staff. This is an independent Right. This
0: is this is probably more of an NFL thing overall, not just a Niners training staff specific thing. But just let's just keep an eye on this thing. Because that was weird. To Definitely watch him sick. to watch I thought him, he was gone for sure. To watch him take a knee to the head and then hear in the press box like is no back in the game after having a shoulder injury. I was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I also-
1: other funny press box thing since we had credentials. Um, yeah, I've been had credentials. but Well, you've been. You've been. <laughs> you definitely been. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to tweet today. This is my first Niner game since X, but I went to a game in like December last year. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> 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 um, no. Uh, when you can see Dre Greenlaw walking around on the sideline with the giant wrap on his calf. His helmet is nowhere near him. He's just limping up and down the sideline, not working with a trainer, not like trying to get back in. Like, no, he's got something wrong with his calf. It's right now. And they're like, Dre Greenlaw has been diagnosed with a calf injury. His return is questionable. <laughs> I'm like, looking. at him. like, no, it's not. That guy's done. <laughs> like he's done playing football for today.
0: That happens quite a bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like Trey Lance clearly breaks or dislocates his ankle. It's put in an air cast. And then as soon as he's carted off, it's, it's announced in the press box. Trey Lance is out. And we're like, oh, shocking. Right. Super right, yeah. surprised. He's not, he's not re-taping it up and coming back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put some yeah, testing was, on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, um, I have a feeling Kyle his injury status is going to be a thing now. Yeah, um, you- Busted up his hand at some point. <clears throat> yeah, got his hand checked out. I don't know exactly what's what the deal is with that, but I would keep an eye on that too. Okay. Um, which isn't great for the Niners because he's super valuable to what they do, despite he can do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no drop off between use check and Rostwali. What's Josh hook it up to? I honestly I the have Cardinals no idea. practice squad. Oh. You asked a question you knew the answer to. That's that's fun. <laughs> um all right well hold on so i picked both my fit you... was sick today though right yeah no it still is you're still wearing it yeah no, um nick bosa off, yeah so i picked nick bosa you picked trent williams had a sack gave up a sack yeah uh brandon i george kill you got the touchdown even though Ayuk.
1: oh I'm yeah not Kittle kind of... had
0: more yards and and yeah. one less catch um Kittle had a good game today he did that was a, that was touch, a good catch is very nice That was with the exception of maybe not getting like you, you probably need more from Debo Samuel, but in terms of like the distribution of like targets and stuff that felt better Yeah, than just like force feeding one guy, like six catches for Kittle seven for IU. It felt like they never did the like Debo go get a bunch of yards play. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, like a Debo bubble screen wouldn't hurt at some point. Yeah, maybe. Um, Well, I, I had something I wanted to say, and I just forgot about Jimmy it. Jimmy Ward, George Kittle, Brandon A. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo said after the game he was trying to throw <clears throat> to George Kittle on the goal line interception, and it went to Ray Ray McLeod. Or it didn't go to Ray Ray McLeod, but it was, he was the closest niner to it. Jimmy, man, like, is just perpetually in YOLO mode. And it's it was, like, nah, I could I could take a sack here or I could throw it away. But nah, I'm just going to try to fit this in there. And it, it's like perpetual. Like is did somebody tweeted. I think Guy Haberman tweeted it. Shout out to Guy. He said per PFF, Jimmy Garoppolo had the fewest throwaways in the NFL. I think it was with one and Trey Lance had one also like Jimmy Garoppolo just never with the strategic throwaway or incompletion. Like, mm-hmm. if there was a screen and it was very clearly covered and you see so many quarterbacks just dirt it, just throw it at the running back's feet, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo would never do that. He would, like, look upfield and try to hit somebody else. Right. He is... He's just so, a playmaker, dog. So many of his worst throws are just YOLO mode, like, hey, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's like, man, just look around the league. Like, Aaron Rodgers is... When he when like he's in MVP mode... Aaron Rodgers is never throwing picks because he's throwing the ball away all the time when right. things aren't there. And right. Jimmy Garoppolo never does it. And it's to me, that's that's like the most frustrating thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is right. like, man, just throw it away. You never throw it away ever. Right.
1: Right. The that the fact that that ball was intended for Kittle makes it worse. Way worse. Far I was worse. shocked. I was
0: shocked that he admitted that.
1: I would have never admitted that <laughs> in a million years. Like yeah, I threw a jump ball to Ray Ray, didn't quite get it. Ah. It's like, oh, you just left it five yards short of where it was supposed to go. And the crazy it was thing was, was, getting intercepted. Even if it did get to Piddle
0: I had the thought, yeah, I had the thought of that Jimmy Garoppolo on the first touchdown to McLeod that looked kind of similar. I actually mm-hmm. thought he was throwing it away on that play. <laughs> like I was, now, I, I, I think- didn't. I didn't trust the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was like, no, I'm making a play here and like diving away and making the throw. And maybe he was. I, I don't know. But I, it just, it, think, those two throws, I was, uh, ugh, not great. So <laughs> Even one went the,
1: for- the, the, the one that went for a touchdown, from the angle I was at down in Narnia, um, it very much looked like that, so he did that on purpose. Because Ray okay. Ray was kind of cutting toward, and it was just like, I'm going to throw it over toward the sideline and maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. That's kind of what it looked like to me. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, I don't the trust Jimmy Garoppolo. The interception. Making. The interception reminded me of the interception in the Super Bowl, the first one, where it was like he was trying to throw it away but just didn't put enough juice on it. Yeah. And the cornerback is like, dude, d- throw it. <laughs> just put some- throw it away or throw it, it at somebody's feet. Yeah, it's weird.
0: He's never living to fight another day. He's always no. put it in harm's. And there were, I mean, Garoppolo was... <laughs> mostly okay today i think with the exception of the resident pick too but uh, like the numbers were good 303 yards two touchdowns but there was also like a handful of throws where you're like that could have been picked that could have been and that's just kind of the jimmy garoppolo experience but hey 8 of 14 on third down over over 50 percent. great day for the offense
1: really good day for the offense where they go like seven and a half eight yards of play it wasn't uh was uh, 6.2. 6.2. Yeah. No, yeah no,
0: never mind.
1: No, yeah. It's still decent. But...
0: No, the numbers are fine, but ultimately, like, what's two of five in the red zone, though? Like, no, the numbers were fine with the exception of just finishing drives. Yep. And yeah, like, two of five in the red zone. When your defense has no answers, that like you go five of five in the red zone, you tied the game. And defenses will have games like this. Like, New Orleans in 2019, the defense couldn't stop anything. They like Nick Bosa got one third down stop and it completely changed the game after the Saints scored 28 straight points to open. But like to have no answers, it was that's that was the most alarming thing, anyway. Yeah. Who won? Who won the six pack?
1: It's national tight ends, and I had the tight end, so. Now, Trent Williams gave up the sack, they went for the safety. Fred Warner knocked down a Telano Hufanga pick six. Sneaky, underrated, huge play in the game. Mahomes is rolling <laughs> left and inexplicably just throws it into a triangle of 49ers. And Hufanga's got a beat on it, and he's the only guy there. He's gone. Nick told up. me the same and thing. Warner... And Warner just sticks his hand up and just knocks it down. It's like, oh, Fred! <laughs> It yeah, I me mean up.
0: you can't blame him I, for no, that. No like,
1: I totally totally.
0: Yeah, Nick Nick told me the same thing. It was like Huff is still running if he picks that. Nick calls him Huff. I don't know. It's, he's a big oh, huff. I, mean, guy. Who I don't does know what that? the deal is with that, yeah. but they're home <laughs> Um there yeah. was yeah, that I, I don't necessarily blame, blame Fred for that, but it no, was No, you
1: cannot you cannot blame a defender for trying to make a play on the ball.
0: Also like their job. Hufanga's <laughs> pick was unbelievable a great play unbelievable. just a great but this is third pick of the season and his fourth he's really been a part of because he had that t- that other tipped one that that Gibson got in the Seahawks oh play. yeah yeah um Sorry. Fong is really good but yeah I'm worried about him
1: anyway the, he's a very good player um he is now standby one interception shy of Joukowsky Tart's career total
0: Funga is definitely a pro bowler so Huff. far. If he plays Huff, yeah. Huff is, if, is definitely a pro bowler at this level. Yeah, no, shout out to Nick. We want to make sure we, we keep it tight with the name. Um, But yeah, worried about it. Right. That's all we got. Um, There's a prominent member of the 49ers beat writing core credentialed, obviously, who has said um, he may or may not be willing to come on the pod this week. So oh.
1: we will yeah. Can't keep our to fingers brancher. i actually dude, i ran into i ran into eric in the press box today and it was the highlight of my day
0: the first thing the first person i saw was branch and he just runs up to me and gives me a hug and i was like man it's good that's so nice i told him i was gonna i told him i was gonna eat my my
1: food with my with my fingers
0: i'm sure he enjoyed that
1: he said he laughed and he said they have utensils here (laughs) 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 it's great anyways the best, okay. the best person but no Subscribe, he's not he's where, not where who i was
0: talking about but we should get him
1: on the podcast i need time dude he one of my life can i admit something on the podcast to you and everybody listening Sure. one of my life goals is to be in a group chat with eric Branch.
0: it's it's enjoyable Ooh, it's all uh, i want it's i will say it's enjoyable. <laughs> shout out, so does shout
1: he out. golf can we go golf together one time he does golf okay all right let's, let's talk about this off there nobody wants to hear this goodbye everybody
0: As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.